Chapter 50 The Blue Ox, London Thursday afternoon, 1695 Ordering what he hoped might be a beer as he fished a gold coin from his pocket to pay, Bill studied a row of captured and convicted posters on the wall of the establishment, instantly recognizing the pugnacious set of his wife's eyes glaring back at him from the third one, a baby dangling from her mouth as she stood on her big hooves, her horse's ass exposed. Bill experienced a moment of wordless shock. Unable to risk revisiting NASA again so soon, Bill spent the first part of his day distracting himself by sneaking back into the Sanders' quiet home and traveling at a moderate speed through more of their history log, marking and making notes on each locale. After five minutes in Egypt, two separate 30-minute jaunts through Vegas, both in the summer of 95, fun, and winter of 1899, not fun, a frightening three-hour evasion of witch-hunting Protestants in mid-17th century Boston, now blessedly a few calm hours in an English-speaking territory with a crisp ocean breeze, a friendly-seeming pub with an empty seat, and a keg behind the bar. Bill ripped the poster from its nail with a cry, startling the quiet afternoon drinkers lining the benches. What's this? Bill panicked, holding the poster for everyone to see, pointing in exasperation to the drawing of the pirate, Mad Marcy Finkel, to tepid response. This is my wife. Where is she? Fuck off, the barkeep slurred, sliding Bill a wooden mug full of ale. No one air speaks French, you git. Bill turned, catching the eyes of several patrons. Please, at least tell me where they're holding my wife. His pleas were soundly ignored, though twelve eyes from the quiet group at the table in the back watched his progress, nodding to one another silently and following him as he raced away. Bill fled through the wet, miserable alleys of the London docks, pushing his way through the crowds of fetid humanity the paper clutched in his hand sporting the horrid caricature of his missing wife. Help you, sir? A small voice inquired from behind as he paused to rest. Bill turned, waving the urchin away, but the urchin was suddenly not alone as four more feral street children sauntered from the shadows to ring the small one. Good job, Timmy, the biggest nudged the small one. Turning his attentions to Bill, he smiled. How can we help you today, sir? Can we lighten your load at least? Maybe empty those pockets, eh? You think I won't hit a child? Bill threatened, making a fist, his eyes darting around the enclosed confines of the alleyway and belatedly realizing his mistake. He's only got one nut. Why would you hit him? The eldest <laughs> laughed. That won't be necessary. An authoritative female voice interrupted from the end of the alley, the sun breaking through the clouds to illuminate Bill's savior like a saint. Will it, kiddos? Now scram, will ya? I've got some real business with the man here. The boy gang turned to face the woman, snickering, <laughs> until a very large Moroccan man materialized to fill the space beside her, his sword drawn, followed by another dangerous-looking man and three women who stood behind them silently, their postures menacing, their dress fanciful and brash. The children scattered with a hoot, leaving Bill to face this new menace alone. He cleared his throat, 
straightening his golf shirt and standing taller to face the group of pirates, his empty hands held before him to show he wasn't armed. Are you perhaps looking for Marcy Finkel? A red-haired woman with a parrot on her shoulder sauntered forward to address him with a wink. I... I am? Bill stuttered. Well, hello, love. You must be this Bill we've heard so much about. I have to confess, I didn't think you were real. Kit giggled, grasping Genevieve's hand excitedly after holstering her musket. Genevieve stepped forward, explaining, We're the crew of the Blackheart, and we're here to save our captain, your wife. Care to join us, then? Bill had never been so happy to see pirates. <laughs>